right, folks. Um, this is try number two for this episode of the Borderlands podcast. This is your host, Denrock, bringing you enlightenment from the fringe. Um, this is kind of an impromptu uh, episode tonight. We're, we're in the middle of the snow apocalypse here in Huntington, West Virginia. We've had a lot of ice, uh, freezing rain, snow. There's power lines down everywhere. Nobody here has electricity. Um, I decided today uh, to invite my family over, my siblings, my mother, father, uh, because I have been able to electrify my house with generators. And uh, so I just wanted to uh, fire up the smoker. You know, we did some pulled pork. I wanted to offer uh, those who don't have any hot water or facilities to come over and clean themselves up. We had a good time today. And uh, Sam is actually with us now. He's going to stay the night here. Um, and this is our impromptu throw together snowpocalypse podcast. Uh, as usual, we'll go over our sponsors very quickly. Like I said, this is the second time I've gone over this because we had a, a power failure in the middle of the first take. Uh, brought to you by the Borderlands family or a conglomerate of companies, uh, the Borderlands Brew, uh, Colla- Borderlands Brewing Collaborative who makes good beer where uh, multiple award-winning brews for local and regional uh, brew contests. Also brought to you by the Borderlands Woodworks, uh, bringing handmade, uh, handcrafted pieces of woodworking. Um, And by the Borderlands uh, Hydroponic Crop Growers, we're growing lettuce and kale and mushrooms and some other shit in the basement here in uh, a big water tub um hopefully these will all be fruitful and successful ventures but uh here comes the borderlands podcast the snowpocalypse edition coming at you folks sam we should be live now for the second time all right what everyone missed the first go around was me um pouring a a Michelob ultra <laughs> into a cup of ice <laughs> I, got, I love this you know we've we probably already talked for 20 minutes but you're uh, i don't obviously think obviously you're going over the uh the the most important things in no, the conversation. Yeah. no i don't think it was 20 minutes we'd recorded maybe around no, eight, eight or so but uh yeah we we already gave this one go we had some stupid power failure here as much as i've been bragging about being able to electrify this house and have all the amenities that we would normally have here uh we had a fucking power failure right in the middle of the, the yeah, first go of the podcast let's knock on some of your woodworks yeah, here because you literally mentioned within five seconds of it going out you said we're even running this uh yeah I said, hey, we're running then, the we're running boom. the we're running the uh, uh mixing board and all this shit we're running it on the generator and so yeah i, I just knocked on some of the um uh exposed wood studs here in the wall sam has knocked on one of the borderlands woodworks uh cutting boards <laughs> yeah that's sitting in a pile over here um you might hear a little chirping in the background i think that's a smoke detector that was 
you know, disconnected from power for a little bit. And now it's going to sit here and tell us that it's running on the battery or something. Uh, so I've already heard it chirp a couple of times. But anyhow, um, I do want to get across to the folks. I know I, I do have some listeners in Huntington. I've got a substantial number of listeners in Charleston, West Virginia. I have some listeners outside of the state, I believe. I've even seen, uh, you know, on my hosting service, I have some listeners in the United Kingdom. It's weird. Uh, but anyways, I, what I want to get across to the listeners in Charleston is, I think you guys got off easy with this snowpocalypse. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, all you need to do is travel down any of these side roads uh, coming in and out of my place, any of the roads leading in and out of Sam's place or our father's place or mother's place, any, like basically any, because we all kind of live out in the sticks. Um, there are trees down everywhere literally everywhere there are power lines down everywhere and i mean everywhere uh nobody around here has electricity from the power company if you if you were to walk up and down the road here you would hear generators you know outdoor gas burning generators humming all up and down the road Mm -hmm. i was even at um, kenny queen hardware today (laughs) I was. Uh, I went there to buy a couple more, a couple extra gas cans, uh, believe it or not. And it, when I was in the parking lot at the Kenny Queens Hardware, I could hear up on the hillside, uh, you know, opposite side of Route 152 there, at least a couple of generators going. Like, so I like. I'm not exaggerating when I say nobody has power. Um, those who can uh, are on generator power. And, you know, it sucks that there there are some people that can't even do that. Yeah. Um, and they're having to vacate their homes. They're having to stay in hotels. Uh, you know, they're having to let their pipes go in their homes. Uh, it's a really crappy situation. I don't know. What's been going on with uh, down in your neck of the woods, Sam, which is well, just a couple miles down the yeah. road? Well, as I told you that we, in the last version of this podcast, uh, take one, that uh, you know, you had woken up at three uh, thirty or something. Oh yeah, sit, you know, and was heading to work, and that on Thursday morning when I was <clears throat> awoken by our dad, you know, he needed help sawing up a bunch of trees. So I've spent the very first day as a lumberjack, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> cutting and sawing trees into a bunch of pieces so people could get out. Um, in the meantime, discovered a generator. Uh, thank goodness, took it down to my house and was able to rig it into my furnace and plug in refrigerators and stuff. Um, but we don't have the ability to have hot water because we have a tankless electric hot water tank and it just draws way too much yeah. power. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't an option. So you inviting us up here to be able to bathe and just take care of general hygiene was a huge, huge. Yeah. Plus. Well, like I've told you before, um, I'm just, I'm extremely proud that I can offer that to you. Oh, it's awesome. And I just think it's the, the, the brotherly thing to do, the humane thing to do, you know, just to help a person out, just to clean themselves up. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys came over. Um, yeah. So I, we kind of lost our track of thought from the, the first go at this podcast. I think I, I think the, the first go, uh, was I explained, Thursday morning, what happened to me? My 
the power went off in the house roughly a quarter to four in the morning. I normally get up around five o'clock, five fifteen. Uh, but our, you know, the first inkling we had the power went off is like our home security system beeps when it loses electricity. So I was woke up quarter to four in the morning, and uh, and we all saw it coming because all the all the weather predictions were for freezing rain and ice, and you know they were predicting power outages for our region. So I knew exactly what had happened. So I, you know, I woke up at that time, got the generators hooked up to the house, got the lights on, um, turned on the water heater, and I got in the shower <laughs> to take a shower. And uh, uh, then I, you know, left the wife and kids uh, and got on the road to go to work. I took my chainsaw with me, which I mean, I knew I would need it. I had to saw trees um, just a little bit down the road from me. I had to physically, like, there are some trees I didn't have to saw, but I had to physically move out of the way. And um, it had to have taken me 45 minutes just to get off of my road to, you know, in air quotes, out to the main road, which is still like a secondary road, right? When you're talking about 8th Street, uh, this far south of Huntington, right? It's still a secondary road or even a tertiary or quaternary road i don't know i don't know what right. i would consider that yeah um vanessa i i went uh down 8th street towards huntington and the whole time i'm thinking what's going to be my best way to get to i-64 and i'm thinking to myself uh any given road i take out of here probably has the same chance of having trees falling across it because every road is lined with trees you know, there's not any kind of buffer, mm-hmm. you know, untreed buffer anywhere. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to take this really crappy road, which I normally take to work because it's a very shortcut, um, Morrow Road. And, buddy, I didn't get very far on that. There's just a ginormous, unmanageable tree across the road. So I had to turn around. Uh, and then I just said, you know, I'm going to go down 8th Street. If there's a tree across 8th Street, then, like, I'm not going to be able to go to work. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to call them so I can't make it. So there was not a tree down across the road. However, like, every tree branch in close proximity to the road <laughs> was sagging down far enough that it was striking my truck. So, like, I could only drive I, literally, like, 5, 10 miles an hour all the way down through there. And then eventually I did get to um, into Huntington and uh, – out Hellgrove Boulevard to I-64. And then even getting to I-64, uh, once I was on I-64, it was perilous. That like It was covered in snow, covered in ice. There hadn't been a single snow plow down the road, you could tell. Uh, and everyone, you know, the, even the few cars that were out driving in this were driving probably below 40 miles an hour the entire trip to Charleston. Wow. So it took me... Uh, literally two and a half hours to get to Charleston, where, whereas on a normal day it takes me 50 minutes or less to get there. Um, but I still made it to work on time. I was maybe five minutes late. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd say and you, on our way here to come to this snowpocalypse, uh, smoke, barbecue, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, today, we went out. You know, for those uh, maybe familiar with these roads, out Mount Union, then up 8th Street Road, and I, it, 
it's been back. I mean, obviously, I've spent the last couple of days sawing up trees, but it looks like a damn tornado. Yes. Like, it literally is a complete disaster. Like, I don't see... We drove over cable lines or power lines dangling on Mount Union with trees just hanging on them. Then you drive mm. up A Street Road, and it's just... Well, you've seen it, but I mean, yeah. holy crap. There's multiple massive trees. Just I, I can't believe the power line's still up. You had to drive off the road yeah. to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was perilous. I mean, we made it up here, but no one has touched it yet. Yeah. And there's no way in hell I see that, in my opinion. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Well, and I think like anyone who's going to be critical of the electric company at this time has not been out in the conditions hasn't been outside of their house probably to see what's going on oh yeah uh, it's it is dangerous mm-hmm. uh you know first of all like any lineman who's going to get out to repair this stuff right now they're going to be working in sub-freezing temperatures i mean that's problem number one i think problem number two is um any trees that are close to falling down you know, could go at any second because they're all still laden with ice. You know, none of the ice has melted off of them. You look yeah. at all the tree limbs out here, they're still totally encapsulated in ice. And, you know, any so if any of those trees are still susceptible, you know, their their limbs are not strong enough or they're, they're too weak, like they, a limb could fall off or a whole tree could fall over. And, like, and imagine what that would do to a lineman out there repairing something you know if if something like that struck their bucket truck or 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 hit the line they're working on so i think they're so they're working in a very cold environment they're working in an unstable environment and they're they are working at so many points of failure yeah that's what i was like going to say i'd say every they, 20 feet there's a tree over they line probably haven't even found all of the faults in the system at this point right uh-huh um they're probably just going based on reported outages and they're having to go out and find the cause of all these outages, which is you know, breaks in a line. Like you said, every freaking 50 yards mm-hmm. in some of these, uh, runs of cable, right? It's, it's amazing. I I have not personally ever well, just, seen anything like this. I have me either. I, um, just on four pole. I mean, there were a couple houses had trees fall into them. Ooh, yeah, yeah, every so. um, lots of them that cross the road on four pole, not just on people's driveways. Uh, trees uprooted in the middle, you know, ornamental trees in the middle of people's yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I don't, I don't fault the the people. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't see how that's so much. Like yeah. if you in, if you're outside for any length of time. And you you just you, you know you listen. You're either going to hear generators or about. Every, I would say every fifteen to twenty minutes, you're going to hear a tree drop. That's absolutely right. And when I went, so when I went to work Thursday morning, when this initially happened, and I was out moving trees out of the way and sawing trees, uh, you know, when I was quiet, I could hear trees falling in the forest around me, and I just remember thinking to myself like dear god like is this 
is this house going to end for me? Mm-hmm. Is a tree going to fall on me? Like, and it, so it was pitch dark out at the time. I mean, like the only light out was my, the headlights on my truck. I would not have even seen a falling tree coming at me. You know, you know what I mean? Like, and, but you would hear, a, obviously a whole tree hit the ground out in the woods. Yeah. Um, regularly. I hmm. said, um, to dad while we were cutting those trees, we, we, we had a huge, we were cutting this one tree just above his barn on his driveway. It was our second tree that we were cutting up so we could get through. And a huge tree branch fell within 10 to 12 feet of him. Mm-hmm. You know, you, and he couldn't get out of way in time. I, you Whoa. could hear it crackling and you looked up and holy shit, you know, yeah, so, get moving. And I said the same thing. I said, dad, and I mean, I know I was, he knows this, but I was like, this is how you, this is how people croak in the, in these kind of things. And it, it wouldn't even take a whole tree to fall on you. Like a, a tree limb. Yeah. Could hit you hard enough in the head. You've got a brain bleed and you're dead. But it's, yeah. Or it, you, or you, you, you break your neck or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. It's bad. It's like roulette out there. I would say still like mm-hmm. it is no different today than it was Thursday morning. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, um, it's touch and go. Yeah. And like I said, you know, I've I've seen a lot of uh, social media posts critical of the the response here from the electric company, and I just want to tell people, like, listen, I, don't be critical of them. This is not there's not a quick fix for this. You know, you can be you can criticize the existing infrastructure. You know, so maybe that's that's a point of criticism is like, why are all these lines so susceptible? To trees and tree and falling trees, right? Right. But don't criticize the response. I mean, for crying out loud, like these guys are literally killing themselves to repair this stuff. I'm. I don't know this for a fact, but I would venture to say that uh, a lineman has probably a, one of the higher mortality rates uh, on the job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the, quote, deadlier jobs out there. Yeah, I can't imagine. You know, they talk about the deadliest catch, the freaking Alaskan uh, crab harvesting stuff, like people drown and shit up there all the time. But I guarantee you there's a lot of linemen that are killed either by electrocution or falling or, you know, whatever. Uh, it's a dangerous job. I know a lineman. Um, I know lots of linemen, and I highly respect them. They yeah. have a skill set that, uh, I mean, I like I understand electricity. I know how that works. However, they have a skill set that I could never develop. Like they climb up on this shit and they're dealing with cables that are as big around as your arm. Yep. And they're dealing with, you know, 100,000 volts. Like I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of amps. And yeah. and they're they're just getting the job done. And and imagine the conditions they have to work in. So it's not like every day they're out there hanging cable when it's, you know, sunny and 70 degrees outside. A lot of these people are re- response crews, you know, during ice storms or during hurricanes or during tornadoes, for crying out loud. So they're they're sticking their neck out uh, to help people. And so I just uh, – I do want to give a shout-out to any linemen out there that are busting their ass trying to get this stuff together. Oh, absolutely. I understand what you're up against, and I don't think you're ever going to hear a single complaint from me uh, for how long it takes you to get the power back on. Yeah. You all just take care of yourselves. We were talking about this already this evening or this afternoon, but you know the people I have I have a buddy that's been complaining about how their internet's shoddy and spotty right now, and I'm just like, wow, 
you know, why don't, <laughs> right. why don't you drive out about two or three miles outside of town and just <laughs> soak it in uh-huh. and, no, and then start right. to bitch about your internet, buddy. Yeah. So, um, so I decided to put together this snowpocalypse, uh, barbecue, just spur of the moment. I know I, I probably irritated or pissed off my wife, uh, cause I, I, it literally came out of nowhere, but that's how this came to me today. I said, you know what? Let's, so we're, we're living okay here. We got generators. Our house is fully lit up. We have heat. We got hot water, all this stuff we can cook. I said, um, yeah, let's, let's smoke something and, and have everyone over. So we had, uh, I think we had a pretty full spread today. I did, um, a couple of very, uh, little baby pork shoulders, probably a total of like three and a half or four pounds. Um, smoked some baked beans, smoked some, uh, mac and cheese and smoked, if you will, uh, some cornbread. I actually cooked the cornbread on the grill. So all this I did on the Traeger grill, by the way. Oh, it was um, good. I have not even bothered to turn on the circuitry to my oven or my uh, cooktop range just because I think they're they're a little bit too high power demand for our uh, generator. I mean, we could use them if we wanted, but I just don't think it's necessary to use that Traeger grill. Like, you realize, though, the biggest uh, energy consumption with that is when it's actually igniting the pellets. Once the pellets are ignited, it's that worm drive, the little auger that feeds the pellets in there, and then the little fan that keeps it going. So I think it draws very little power once the uh, fire pot's lit. Uh, so we cooked all that stuff up. Um, you know, Mom brought some cookies like she always does. She always brings cookies. That's her thing. She's, she makes cookies. <laughs> um. Oh, but Sharon, Sharon brought some chicken salad, and I think that's that's Sharon's thing. If I had to, <laughs> if I had to nail her down to anything, um, we just brought a little bit of pork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys brought the pork chops, and we we smoked those up. I forgot about that. And then, uh, you know, we made some adult beverages. We we watched some of the golf tournament today. That was Dad's big concern. He says, "Oh, how you know? Can you get the golf tournament on TV?" And I said, "Well, we can." I've got an antenna. We'll get it over the air. Or mm-hmm. no, actually, I think I couldn't get it on the antenna. And what I did, I got on my um, AT and T streaming thing, but I had to connect it all through my phone as a hot Wi-Fi hotspot. That's, oh, that's what happened. How you, that's how you did yes, that. That's yeah. crazy. And uh, yeah, so I I can do that actually because I have unlimited data. But I'll tell you what: if you would have picked my phone up in the middle of that. My phone was like almost hot enough to burn somebody. I did somebody. pick it up. That's did why you notice so, how hot it was? Yeah, remember I told you you had that timer going off, and yeah. I went and grabbed it, and I was like, Sheet. "Oh, that's right, yeah." Because it was like it's the the middleman for uh, all that data going through the television. Um, and I like, you know, I don't know that. I think that's uh, technologically speaking, that's really a cool thing to have in your back pocket. You know, not that I had to watch TV today, but. You know, if you really want to watch TV and the world's gone to shit, you don't have Wi-Fi, you don't have your your dish isn't working, whatever, you can use your phone as a Wi-Fi hotspot and stream stuff uh, to you to to whatever other device you want. Yeah, I could have played it through my computer. I could have played it through the iPads, whatever. I just happened to put it up on the big screen, the TV. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I, I just feel like it, it's... Is that it, through Comcast or your cell phone service? No, so so, so what I have for, for TV, I have that AT&T, uh, AT&T TV Now, I think is what it's called. I believe they're... I believe they've killed the product. Like they're not, right, they're I don't not think, doing it anymore. Well, no, I don't think they're enrolling any more subscribers, but they're not going to boot any of the current subscribers off of it. So like this is an offshoot of DirecTV. You know, so I used to have the DirecTV dish. I was paying like 300 some dollars a month for it. And I said, this is too fucking much. And I signed up for their streaming service, which is like $50 a month. It's not a bad shake at all. Um, and I even get um, I get HBO and uh, Showtime and Stars on it, so like all the the grown up channels too. Um, but it relies on an internet connection, right? And it goes through. Uh, I watch it through an Amazon Fire Stick. Um, so if my internet's down, I just you I turn my phone on as a Wi Fi hotspot, so it draws data from the LTE or, you know, or 3G, 4G, whatever you call it. And then the phone's able to send it to the fire stick as Wi-Fi. I guess, I think that's the easiest way to explain it. Mm. Um, yeah, so it works. And I, we've had to use it a few times today. It came in handy, like I said, so dad could watch his fucking golf match, whatever. <laughs> was going we got on. to see the live impeachment. Oh yeah, we did see the live uh, impeachment vote. Uh, as if he was ever going to get convicted, but uh, yeah, that's neither here nor there. And you know, I don't want this, po- this no, podcast I just to get never political. Seen but it no, we don't have. No, uh, we just happened to turn the TV on and hear all every senator was voting. Yeah, it just was random. Uh, it was uh, yeah, it was interesting to watch it. Um, yeah. So what else can we talk about in relation to this um, well, snow apocalypse, buddy? Uh, my kids who. We got my youngest one, Otto, who's uh, 13 months old. He has har- he's hardly gotten out at all because of the pandemic and all this stuff. And oh, yeah. He's really in a rhythm and a routine in where he sleeps and stuff. So he's already had to stay one night at um, Dad and Sharon's. And mm-hmm. that was a extreme struggle to get him to go to bed. And then we went back home because we got that generator work and he slept like a baby and now we're staying the night here Ooh, and uh, uh and uh he's just kind of struggled to get it get yeah laid down <laughs> well uh so you're talking about uh owen uh, right Otto. Or, or, or Otto. Yeah, Owen. He, Wait, he no. no with, so Owen stayed with mom. Yeah, Owen stayed with night. mom Owen, last night. He does all right. I he bet. does yeah. all right. He just has to get himself completely unwound. Yeah, he's wound up. He's tight, tightly wound up. He's a pretty active kid. Yeah, uh, I must say, <laughs> he reminds me of our girls. <laughs> <laughs> our girls are freaking crazy. <laughs> but no, I think uh, so. I think the girls. I think the twins really enjoyed having the boys over tonight oh they uh, love they because the, the girls, girls never get out either they never get to hang with any of their uh cousins uh or they don't have any friends their age you know like uh acquaintances it's it's and yeah it's maybe in part it's due to covid i don't know i, I feel like megan and i would probably still be pretty private 
even if COVID never existed. But um, no, I think it was wonderful for all of them. Oh yeah, they, to be together today. Even with Otto and the girls, they all played with each other yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And then remind me, so uh, what? So the the twins are be they're younger than. Owen. Owen. Owen is three and a half and Otto's oh a year. God. Owen. So, yes, they're significantly younger than Owen. I keep forgetting that. Like, I want to, I always want to say he's only a couple months older than the girls, but no, he's over a year older than the girls. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but they're, they're still close enough in age, I think, that they can fart around with the yeah. same sort of stuff and they can probably talk to each other. And understand each it's, other. And, it's hilarious that we come over here and you guys have like all the toys, you know, anything he would want to play with. And he has played with most of it, but he's just obsessed with that little Transformer Amber <laughs> ambulance that, toy that he has. Well, I got it. I wish that, again, I, I wish I had a, a YouTube simulcast for this, although we wouldn't have been able to play this live. Like, I would have had to record it and then play it. But you guys dumping all the toys out of that pack and play. So oh, that my. freaking pack and play God. has been the, the bane of my existence. So the twins, you know, it's a it's a twin pack and play. So it's like twice as big as the normal pack and play. Oh, yeah. And uh, they spent, you know, the first six months of their life in that. Probably. Maybe first nine months. I can't remember when we took them out of that. But ever since then, that has served to store toys in it. And, you know, we just keep piling toys up in it, piling toys up in it. And it's got to the point where the stuff on the bottom, the girls have forgotten about, right? Like they haven't seen it in so long that it's totally out of their mind. Well, you guys dumping all the toys out of it today to actually use it it's for auto to sleep in. <laughs> I just said, you know, I, you know how many times I've wanted to dump all that shit out of there and just throw it away? Why? Like... <laughs> Well, I was kind of joking with Megan. I said, where do you want me to put this? In trash bags? <laughs> no, and I've threatened the girls, like, I'm just going to take this out on the deck and toss it out in the yard. <laughs> well, you found that remote in there. Yeah, like a remote for the TV that, like, I've wanted recently, but we lost. You know, because they're, like, when we actually, it, it, it coincided with when we, uh-huh. uh, pulled the plug so to speak like so we didn't need that remote for the television we had this remote for the fire stick that ran everything well more recently like we've i've bought an antenna i wanted to watch stuff over the air you know because that's separate from streaming services well you can't change the channels on the tv without the actual tv remote and uh i asked megan the other day i said where is the tv remote and she says i don't know but if i had to bet it's on the in the bottom of that pack and play and it was it was <laughs> man there were unopened toys in there a bunch of oh dear god that, <laughs> now you're embarrassing me <laughs> unopened toys in there uh, how many unopened toys are there in this basement <laughs> I, out in the garage know, right that's that's, it's awful <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of it's funny as hell yeah but uh oh my gosh i wish i wish the listeners could see the studio right now so we're in this basement which is kind of on the cold side anyways uh but now i think it's like way colder and we have uh this little propane heater 
over here to the side, which I'm about to turn up. I was about to um, say you ought to double. You ought to. I'm gonna get it warmer, so I'm gonna just take a step aside here and say maybe you can talk about something. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I'll give a, a visual here or an audio visual of this studio Dave's talking about. It's really his woodworking shop. Um, on top of the studio desk, he has a stack of five homemade cutting boards of different lengths, sizes, widths, woods, and everything that were uh, that are products of his uh, Borderlands Woodworks. Those are here right beside me, and they are pretty badass. Each one of them looks totally different. And, well, here comes David. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I, I should have probably should have muted my microphone. Every The listening audience probably heard me grunting and groaning yeah. standing up. I'm pretty at, sure I'm having a gout attack in my knee again. <laughs> here, here I was sounding like a loser. Yeah, and yeah, to right. the right of me. Yes. <laughs> But I'm saying it's right. There is a stack. There's a pile of uh, cutting boards that I still need to sand and finish. Um, every one of them I've made different. I've got one with like racing stripes on it. I have one in a uh, checkerboard pattern. I have one that's made out of just pallet wood, so it's like got stripes all through it. I've got one made out of yeah. uh, two by two boards of pine. <laughs> uh, and that's ultra lightweight, but no, I just, they're sitting there stacked. I need to sand them down to, with a very fine grit and then just put some kind of, uh, wax on it or, you know, cutting board, uh, moisturizer to, to bring out the grain. I wonder if you could take like a five gallon bucket of polyurethane and just dip them in there. Well, I don't want to do polyurethane. Oh, that's right. You don't want to do that because then well, you... Because they they still they they shouldn't be sealed, and so polyurethane is going to seal it, right? It's going to basically cover it in plastic. Mm-hmm. These so the cutting boards you want them to be an open grain so that your knife can go in it, you know, and then it just kind of the grain reseals itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. Well, we've already had this discussion, which is funny that I would bring yeah. up the polyurethane. I just I keep thinking I want to dip one of this. Yeah, no, these no, these literally just need to have like uh, mineral oil put on it or beeswax or something like that, and all that'll do is it'll darken the wood a little bit and make the grain stand out in it a bunch. Um, Speaking of. Uh, the grain standing out you've got a couple projects one of which i've commissioned you to yeah do. sam has commissioned me to make him something and i can see uh <laughs> part of it right now it's walnut it's gonna hold jewelry mm-hmm. um and it's got good grains in it nothing like your uh what do you call it twisted cherry no i got gnarly curly, I got cherry. curly cherry yeah and uh, man i think that they're gonna look they're gonna look nice I guarantee they will. Um, and that's what you get with this, uh, you know, custom cut, hand built hardwood uh, boxes and whatever. Like it. And so to, to, to describe to folks what I'm doing, like I have acquired a lot of rough cut lumber. So, th- and this is not stuff you can go and buy at Lowe's or Home Depot. You know, Lowe's and Home Depot. I mean, yeah, you can buy your 
pine or spruce or whatever species of fir, uh, you know, two by fours for framing or, you know, four by fours for posts, you know, or stuff you're going to make decking out of basically like construction material. You know, you can buy that. That's abundant and it's cheap. You can also find at Lowe's or Home Depot some hardwood that's been milled uh, to perfection, milled to smoothness, uh, milled to four sides square to each other. And, um, but you're limited. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Well, I don't even, I don't think I've even seen maple at the box stores. I've seen poplar, I've seen oak. Um, and of course they they'll sell some high grade pine, you know that's really smooth and just milled really well. But um, what I've got here it's is all hardwood. I don't I mean I don't have any boards of pine or any fir boards or anything. The pine is really good for like uh, bird uh, bird houses and stuff. It's just cheap, yeah, and it doesn't have any real grain to it. Um, Basically, to, for stuff, peop, for things that people don't really give a shit about, yeah, right? Birds and stuff. But what I have here is, um, I've got a lot of cherry, a lot of maple, a lot of oak, uh, walnut, sycamore, sassafras, hickory. Uh, those are the primary hardwoods I have here, and I have a lot of them actually. Um, but all the boards I have are rough cut. So when you look at them, you think like, oh, God, those look like shit. You know, they're, you can't see the grains in them necessarily. Uh, you know, they're not shiny or polished or anything. But I think I've shown Sam that when you cut them uh, and, 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 and plane them and get them to be square on all four sides, uh, even before they've been finished, like so, I, like the, this box I'm building for you, I still need to sand it. I still need to actually finish it. But you've seen what has come from the rough cut board to this box here is night and day difference, right? Oh yeah. So totally. you've got a, a so that your box is uh, walnut, and the the boards you can the grain is already popping out of it. It's smooth and shiny. Uh, and the thing is, like, you know, once you sand that and put some kind of oil on it, it's going to get even better, dude. Like, and the thing, you cannot do that with any kind of a fir tree. Like, you you have to literally, so you can get the grain to come out of fir trees, right? But you have to burn them. Have you seen that? You've probably seen this stuff on video mm-hmm. that people literally set them on fire. They use a torch to burn them. And so that, like, it'll burn the grains, you know, so you have these little edges of the grain sticking up out of those boards you can't see them except when they're burned when they're burned exactly yeah and uh and so yeah i mean so people are making people are making projects out of that they look nice but they're literally dirt cheap and i would argue that they won't they, they they're not going to hold up as long as something made out of hardwood i mean hardwood is hardwood like it's not going to fall apart it's not going to be, uh, you know, susceptible to moisture and all that stuff. It's, it'll just hold up and it, and the greens in these hardwoods are just, they're, they're amazing. Oh, they are. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I can't see your, well, that your, curly cherry board, well, your curly cherry, I can't um, see it right now, but I can see the walnut one. And you can just see the grains from here. Mm-hmm. The curly cherry, to, 
that is one of the most attractive boards I've ever seen. And I had to buy that up the second I saw that. And I got that. This will be a pitch uh, from a local business. I got that at Withrow Sharpening, by the way. Um, that guy does have a lot of good uh, hardwood boards in stock. Now, his his are not so much rough cut. They're, his are cut uh, pretty smoothly. I, he sells stuff in uh, any anywhere from four quarters up to eight quarters. But I think what he sells is at least squared on two sides of it. Does he do that? With I don't wood, think so. I don't think so. Like I think he acquires it from somewhere. And the thing is, if you look across from his business, there's this building that's got all these huge, huge uh, logs. Or not, I wouldn't call them logs. They're like freaking trees uh, sitting outside of it. And I, I'm willing to guess that that's the mill over there. Okay. But I don't know that for a fact. But no, Withrow Sharpening... Um, Obviously, his primary business is not selling boards. Uh, primarily, they sharpen uh, cutting tools, but they do sell hardwood boards, um, and then and they sell a lot of uh, cutting tools. I mean, they sell table saws and routers and band saws and jointers and planers and whatnot. Like, um, it's a good shop here in Huntington. I I only recently became aware of it. Um, and I'm happy to give them a shout out. And I don't know if he would ever even hear this podcast. Um, but yeah. And that reminds me, like I have got to get, uh, Farzad Amiri on this podcast one day. I want to, I've got to talk to him about, uh, his, uh, his foray into woodworking. That guy's miles and miles and miles beyond my skill level in the woodworking. And I think if you asked him, he would probably be so humble as to say that he is the lowest, uh, you know, like some lowly apprentice woodworker himself. Oh yeah. That's what he, he actually said that just the other day when I mentioned it, cause no, I was I mean, joking. And I mean, well, I know he's not expert, but the thing is he's, he's pretty he's, damn tur- he's turning good. out some really nice stuff. The man. things that I've seen that he's done. Oh, immaculate. Really cool and good, but he's got the tools. Um, you know, I could purchase the tools. I just don't have a lot of space for all the tools. <laughs> Uh, plus I think he's got maybe a little more time on his hands than I do. I don't know. I know he works his nuts off too, but, um, yeah. Uh, what else, man? So I do want to talk to you about, um, you, you've started another podcast, correct? Yeah. And I do want to, I want to plug that and I want to get your, I want you to tell the the audience about that and what your well, right, goal is with that. A couple of days prior to this uh, snow apocalypse here, or ice apocalypse, or whatever the <laughs> hell you want to call it, I've decided. You know, hey, I I don't. I'm going to keep my current podcast I've been doing, the Rift, um, but I want to have one that's more. Uh, I don't have the best way to say it. It's got like a an outline. And a, you know, maybe like a beginning and end, like kind of like a series. Yeah. Um, that is, is kind of a finite amount. Maybe it can keep going, but I want to tell a story. 
Yes, yeah, so you're talking about like a scripted, yeah, a scripted podcast. sort of, yeah, scripted podcast with some people periodically that I want to interview. But basically, and you know, I, I was the first person you interviewed on on your podcast, and I talked mm-hmm. a, a good amount about you know what how I got my lawn business going and my property business going. But basically, this podcast is talking about what I truly enjoy talking about all the time which is you know how to make money how to be successful in business and 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 putting the things out there on a podcast that i put out in practice in real life so it should be easy for me to talk about and so i've already released the first episode giving just an introduction to what it's all about and i want it to be somewhat motivating for people that maybe don't know, maybe want to dabble some some in like unconventional uh, investing or or whatever, like with property, to be able to listen to it and know that it's possible, although risky, kind of just hear my story. Yeah. And, um, you know, my first one's only about 10 minutes long with about five minutes of music. And I've, <laughs> my, my negative feedback so far... <laughs> My negative feedback so far is that the music blows. Well, so the music sucks. I, I will agree with that. But, and you have way too much of it on there. I know. Why intentionally? So you have like, you yeah. have like a 15-minute podcast and seven and a half minutes of it is music, and it's shitty music. Well, it takes four minutes of that one song before it actually gets going. <laughs> right. But, uh, no, it's crappy. And it, 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 it was a song that was already preloaded onto the – not pre. I had it loaded mm. on there, and I just went mm. with it. Mm-hmm. But as far as the content goes, I think it's pretty unique. You know, I'm going to talk about what got my businesses going, how I remain motivated, the type of personality it takes to be successful, how someone can become very wealthy um, doing it, you know. Yeah. And how I've – I'm not wealthy right now, but, I mean, how how it's possible. So I literally was going to ask you that. Like that was going to be the, my one question about the podcast because I listened to it and you, I think the quote that you had was, um, listen in to learn how to make tons of money or something like <laughs> That's that. That's my hook. I can't remember. And, and to, to, to build wealth and become wealthy, whatever. I literally was just going to ask you, do you feel like you're wealthy? No, but I feel like that I have, and this is what I tell, I feel like I have, I have things in gear that give me extraordinary potential, um, where a lot of my friends that work regular jobs, they may only be able to make 50,000 bucks a year and they can be if they're lucky and they get the right promotions and things, maybe they'll cap out at like a hundred thousand by the time they're in their sixties and they have their fixed income, you know, fixed mm-hmm. retirement if they've put it into their 401k. And to give you an idea, I can, I can reap the benefits of my labor. And so I'm just going to give rough estimates here. I don't want to say I'm wealthy, but like three years and i know this because i have to keep doing this when i go to get loans for the bank and i'm constantly updating personal financial statements that show you know net worth and things Mm -hmm. like that but i mean i went from having taxable income of in the thirty thousand 
dollars a year range three years ago to the next year in the 50s and then in the 70s and I would assume this year into the 120s. And that can only, that's a upward trajectory. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see it slowing down. Mm-hmm. And at the same time that that is occurring, I'm also amassing assets that are getting paid for. So I think that, am I wealthy now? No. But I think that I'm only 37. I feel like if I'm 50 to 55, when these things are all paid off, I'll have a considerable amount of, I yeah. will, I won't be. So it's like in the long haul sort of thing. Well, so I put this question to a lot of people. Do you feel wealthy? And, you know, the overwhelming response is no, I do not feel wealthy. And I think it, what it is, it's uh, what is your definition Definite, of wealthy? Well, okay. Yeah, that, so, you know, and people will ask me, do I feel wealthy? And my answer is no. It's always no. Uh, and it's, it's because of my definition of wealthy. Okay. What is wealthy to me? Wealthy to me is that you can buy uh, anything that you would ever desire. I think that's what wealthy is to me. Okay. So for me personally, uh, would be something like um, maybe I could buy a private jet. Mm. Now, I know that sounds fucking crazy, but that's one of my criteria for being wealthy. Or I could buy like the most expensive dream car Porsche. Like, you know, for for me, that this would be like a GT3 RS special tribute edition Porsche that cost $400,000. To me, that that's wealthy. You know, if I could uh, travel anywhere in the world that I wanted to, that's wealthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the can I do any of those right now? The answer is no. I can't buy that Porsche. I can't buy well, a private jet. I can't travel anywhere I want to. I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of places I could travel. Don't get me wrong. But um, I can't buy anything that I would ever want to purchase in my life right now. So I don't consider myself wealthy. So what do I call myself? Am I rich? Um, I think rich, rich has a somewhat different meaning. You know, I don't, I don't know what the, the dictionary definitions would be. I think probably rich and wealthy are synonyms to each other. But, uh, you know, to me, like, so the, the way I live right now, so I, I, I do not live paycheck to paycheck. So in that sense, one might consider me to be wealthy you know i don't have to worry about paying my utilities or my mortgage or my taxes or whatever um but i i think you can understand where i'm coming from i can't do absolutely whatever i want right to do i would say my not to cut you off but my definition of wealthy is to be able to do the things not in the extreme, but like 
be able to live a very comfortable life without having to work. Yeah. Oh, without <laughs> having to work. Okay. That, so I that's a great that's, definition. That's of my it. definition of wealthy. That actually, that is a very fine definition of wealthy. So yes, I, I live very comfortably. I don't have a lot of worries. However, you got to work. If I stop working, oh, then my worries go through the roof and I, the things that I can do shrink down to about zero. And that's what yeah. some of these things I've told you in person before, like we had lunch the other day and I think it's very reasonable and possible to expect that you could make you could make the same amount of money. I'm just throwing this out there for a legitimate example. And I think I might be able to be there as well, but through the way I'm working things, you could be able to make that kind of money without actually having to. Now, every there's always work. You'd have to pay somebody to replace you, mm-hmm. like, but um, bring in that same amount of money and not have to do anything other than make calls or something. Yeah. So, well, so now that you brought that up, I think that I think that's a good definition of wealthy is uh, <laughs> having. Having enough money to not have to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and, and, and I guess if you look at my criteria for it, so if I had enough money to not work, I might, I probably still couldn't afford the Porsche that I want or the private jet that I want or whatever. But I think I could get on board with that definition. Wealth. Like if yeah. I had enough money to not have to work, like, yeah, that's wealth. That's wealthy. Um, and gosh, like that has to be every American's dream to get to that point. That, I guess that's what retirement is. Technically, you have enough mm-hmm. money that you don't have to work anymore. I mean, it may not be the money that you've invested. You know, maybe it's Social Security or whatever. But uh, yeah, get to that point where you don't have to work anymore. Um, well, they say that's, that's the definition of wealth. I, I will. I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, and I'm. I don't know if I'll ever be there. I feel like hopefully by retirement age I will be or something, but I also find it interesting with the property thing. I'm throw this out there and I'm going to talk about it in that podcast, but that that is also something that you can leave your children. It's a career that you can like, it's something that can maybe last for several generations Mm -hmm. if, if properly run and maintained. Mm hmm. And, mm-hmm. and your kids want to do it, but, um, you know, it's just different. It's yeah, not just right. like, Oh, here's a million bucks that I, you inherited. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's a trust fund. Yeah. It's like, um, here, here's a, here's a couple million dollars in property that if you run it and you work, mm-hmm. you, can, you can make a couple hundred thousand bucks a year. Yeah. That, well, that would certainly, uh, provide income Yeah, and give you a stake, uh, towards being wealthy. <laughs> towards uh, retirement or towards not having to work. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, but there are, and don't get me wrong, and I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on this, and I don't want to commandeer this whole cast, but no, that's okay. There are definite ways to do it improperly and to fail. Um, I think you just have to be just I think sm- with any business yeah. venture. I think you got to be smarter than the average bear and not put yourself out there too much. Mm-hmm. But um. I don't know. It's going to be a fun podcast because I enjoy, obviously I enjoy talking about it and I kind of would like to tell 
how I got what I've got, which isn't is not that much. I mean, I probably people like our cousin Mel would make fun of me and say I don't have that much, and I would respond <laughs> and say, "Well, the stuff I got is probably making more return than the stuff you got." But um, you know, it does always sound like a contest between the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's fun. It's it's fun. So I look forward yeah. to doing it, man. And I'm gonna have like an insurance agent talk to me. Mm-hmm. Mark, maybe. Oh yeah, and a I banker. Get, I have got to get Mark on the podcast yeah, here. He'd be a great person. Mark, by the way, uh, I just gave him all of my uh, automobile information the other day. Oh, good. He's been on my tail for that for a couple of years, and I honestly never thought that he could save me any money. He can, but, dude. Uh, he so he called me. I think it was uh, I think it was Friday. So yesterday, maybe Thursday. I can't remember. But he called me. He says, "Do you remember how much you were paying? How much your policy is right now?" I said, "Well, I know exactly what it was because I had to sign in to get the vehicle information and all this stuff there." Um, and I told him how much I was paying. I'm not going to put it on the podcast. And he says, well, uh, I've got some good news for you then. We're going to come in uh, less than half of that. Wow. Uh, if Mar- if what Mark is telling me is true, I will put this number out there. I'll save about $2,500 a year on my auto insurance. <laughs> and then, so now he's talking about uh, and that's just for my four-wheel automobiles. Now he's told me, he's like, hey, send me the information on your motorcycles. I'll put them on there, too. Because I have my motorcycles on a separate policy. And I only did that because, you know, at the when I bought them at the dealership, you know, they had their own agent that deals, with, yeah. that deals with motorcycles. And, and they told me, like, oh, you have to have a, a motorcycle agent, you know. Now I know that's bullshit. I mean, anyone can carry the insurance on the motorcycles, right? So, yes, I'm a, I'll send him the information on my motorcycles. And then he, then he says, we can also get your homeowners bundled with this. And I said, no, wait a second, Mark. I, I didn't think that was possible. Because the last couple of years, you know, you guys have made me buy this farm policy because you consider my home to be a farm or whatever. And, uh, you know, I haven't been able to bundle it with anything. He says, oh, well, they've relaxed some of the rules on that. And we're going to be able to bundle your home with your vehicles and and whatnot. Um, So I can't wait to see uh, what he comes at me with and what the savings is. I I would guess that he's going to save me like five, six thousand bucks a year. He saved me a chunk when I switched stuff to him. I mean, he really, he really did. He shopped it around. I'm not saying yeah. my past guy didn't, but I mean, you know, I was paying prior to going to Mark, I was paying a lot of different buildings and things on different policies. And, it, you know, Mark just did kind of the simple thing, like put them all together on, you know, on one and mm-hmm. it just doing little things like that, like bundling it up, you get rid of all these extra charges and right. stuff that, and, it, and, uh, you know, plus he's family. So that, uh, helps him out. And if it saves you money, I mean, hell, why, mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. not do it? So I'm glad you're doing that. 
Well, I am too. And, um, and I hate to admit this, but, um, I did literally think that he was just a jag off and he was just yanking my <laughs> chain about this. So no, I'm serious. I, I know I had to go to him, uh, for my homeowners because the first year or so I lived in this house, uh, I'm serious. I, like I had to have this weird homeowner's policy because nobody knew how to treat this house. I, you know, I have, I have property, uh, and then I, I have this heat system that apparently no one in Huntington is familiar with. What are you looking at? What I can't hear anything. Uh oh. Can you hear? Can you hear me now? No. Can you hear me? Well, I can hear you just fine. It's when you were playing with that. Okay, I can hear it now. Okay, uh, I can hear it. Okay. No. Uh, when I when I first bought this home and this property, nobody knew how to. Nobody knew how to treat this home, I think, for a few reasons. A, the house was unfinished. B, the house is on property. It's on acreage. C, it had this uh, outdoor wood-burning stove for which, like, seriously, nobody in Huntington knows what, even knew what that was or, you know, they're... I had insurance people calling me saying like, is that a fire hazard? You know, is this thing inside your house? Uh, is it close enough to your house to, to cause your house to burn down? Like, but how does this work? And I explained to them what an outdoor wood burning stove is. And like, and these are prevalent, I think throughout the Midwest, they're very prevalent, I believe, but it's not like, an outlandish way to heat your house. It's actually a very cost effective way to heat your house. But anyways, I tried to explain it to these insurance companies and they're all like, Oh, well, fuck that. We can't insure that. We cannot insure that. Um, and I asked, I inquired, well, well, why can't you insure that? And I got two responses. First of all, the first response was it was a fire hazard. It's going to catch my house on fire. And I tried to debunk that, and I said, uh, "I said, well, this this unit is, first of all, it's self-contained, like there's no open flame outside of it, and it's like sixty feet, eighty feet, maybe a hundred feet away from my house." Yeah, there's no way in hell. Yeah, <laughs> and then secondly, they said, "Oh, uh, so that's how you heat your house." what if you can't put wood in it, your pipes are going to freeze. And I said, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Like if I can't heat my house, my pipes will freeze. I said, but who the fuck is going to allow their pipes to freeze in their house? Like, I mean, people are going to do whatever they can to avoid that. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, because you're obviously living in it too, so you yes. would be freezing. You know, so I mean, I understand. So I, mean, I think you said you had some issues with pipes freezing uh-huh. your house. Yeah, but you would have done, or you you tried to do everything you could to avoid that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants that to happen in their house. So that's why I told these people. I said, "Well, fuck you. You like you're gonna sit, you're telling me you can't insure my house because my pipes are gonna burst." 
why why would I allow that to happen? No, the pipes will not burst in my house. That's literally what I told them. And they're like, no, we, we can't insure you. So I had to go. I asked Mark. I said, I need, apparently I need some special insurance. In the first couple of years I lived here, I bought some, like, I don't know what you would even call it. Like some off the grid or off the market <laughs> special homeowners insurance. And I paid through the damn teeth for it. You know, and I had to explain to these people every year when I re-upped, like, what is my outdoor wood-burning heater? And every year I'd be like, can't you fucking do your own research? Like, you're providing the insurance for me. Like, can't you look up how these things work? Like, well, no, we've never come across this, Mr. Denning. Okay, and so I explained to them, like, I, I chuck wood in it. And it heats the house. It's fine. It's awesome. And every time I'd be like, oh, gosh. So if what if you were disabled and you couldn't put wood in it? Or what if you were gone for a month? You couldn't put wood in it. I said, well, okay. So to answer your first question, if I was disabled, uh, I would find someone to put wood in it for me. Or I'd run off the propane that I have connected. Like, that's the backup plan. And and I said, and to answer your second question, what if I was gone for a month from here? I said, uh, if you're insinuating that I would just leave my house unheated in the middle of winter, you're out of your fucking mind. Like who, who would just uproot themselves from the house and just leave it to get to just freeze? <laughs> like that—that's how absurd these insurance people are. I don't—I don't know. Uh, you know what? Though they've run across so much. I'm sure there's a bunch of dipshits out there. They've done stupid stuff. But you've definitely paid the premium for busted pipes. Oh, yeah. You know, that's why you're paying out the wazoo. But have I had a single busted pipe here? Never. And and by honest opinion, that's probably the best heating. I love that system. And the thing is, if I did have a busted pipe in this basement, what is it going to ruin? Nothing. Nothing at this point, because this basement's not even finished. Like, we could have two feet of standing water in here. And... Nothing would be destroyed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I, that, no, I, um, yeah, no, that insurance is, is crap, but uh, it, I feel like Mark can save me a lot of money. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, he, oh, he can. He's one of the best. Uh, here's, that's another yeah. shameless plug. Well, speaking of insurance, um, I'm just going to put this out there for people. (laughs) I always laugh when I think about this. Um, Medical malpractice insurance. I'm sure you're not even familiar with that. That used to be the huge buzzword back when I was in high school and college because it was all kinds of, it was through the roof. Well, doctors were striking. Well, so it's come down. It's gotten to be reasonable maybe i don't know uh but what i wanted to tell you about medical malpractice is that the premiums only increase every year did you know that 
No, I did not. No, so, you, you know, your homeowners probably goes down every year. You don't make, make a claim. Your automobile probably goes down every year that you don't make a claim. But med mal, medical malpractice, goes up every year that you don't make a claim because they know statistically your likelihood the longer you're in practice the more likely you are to have a claim against you so you know i could be i could be in practice for 20 years and never have a claim against me but my rate's gonna go up every year i mean can you believe that shit it's crazy 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 yeah that, that's where the med mal is different than uh homeowners or or auto insurance or whatever those insurance they can't lose could you hear that on there yeah oh god <laughs> oh god but they, they can't you know they can't it's hard hard for them to lose uh, because they just <laughs> yeah, well, raise the premium the next year if they didn't. Insurances it. cannot lose. Like, even in a disaster, have you ever heard of an insurance company going bankrupt? Yeah. Like, during Hurricane Katrina or whatever. Like, no, the, the insurance companies never went bankrupt. They're fine. Yeah, this is a $2 They're... trillion dollar payout. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, well, they, they cashed that check before the ink was even dry. They had, yeah. they or so they find some reason to not even pay out for someone like, oh, my house was leveled in this hurricane. And they'll say like, oh, well, did you have your uh, hot water heater hooked up properly? Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> that, now, you know, another way that they've gotten around it, too, like with Katrina. Uh, <laughs> Man, that cost us too much money. So, you know what we need to do? We need to charge everybody for flood insurance within a thousand feet of any piece of water throughout the entire country. Within a thousand miles. Yeah, a thousand miles of any body of water. Oh, dear God. Yeah. That, we, need to, I mean, that's... we need to mark them out on the 2,500-year floodplain. Mm. <laughs> That'll cover Katrina. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's the truth, isn't it? It is. It is. Mm. Yeah, like with this event here today, or never, they probably will make up for it by claiming that they need to charge some sort of uh, surcharge for anybody that has seen snowfall in their in their town or in their zip code. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Over the last decade, yeah, we kind of have digressed, but this has been a fun conversation. Uh, I think I am going to reel this back in. And I, I'm going to conclude this podcast. Uh, the only thing I'm going to ask you, Sam, is do you do you have any other ideas uh, for a future podcast for me? Well, you do. You need to get some different people. Like I know, I keep having your ass on here. I know. Well, and I try, but it the weather. I mean, there's been all kinds of reasons why you're having the same problem I'm having. The only people I have on there are the same people. So you get me, and then, of course, I can get the same dudes, too. Well, and um, I think my issue is um, I can't get people to come over in person. For, they don't want to come over for whatever reason. 
But then when I offer them the opportunity to call in by phone, they don't want to do that because they don't think it's going to be as good an interview. Mm. And I would just tell them, like, say, I yeah, I mean, maybe the sound quality is down a little bit over the phone. But, hell, I mean, it can be the same damn interview. Right. Maybe, I, you know, I don't know. But uh, you could do one. You could do some on your, uh, like, I, I talk to you about your hobbies and stuff, but you ought to do one on your woodworking or on something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I definitely need to have a Amiri come in here. Um, gosh, I would love to talk to him about how he got started in that and uh, what kind of insight he has on it. Um, yeah, for sure. But one thing I know, and this is kind of back to this ice, or I mean, uh, snow, snowmageddon or snow apocalypse. Yeah, is that I am never going to let, I'm going to make sure that here in a couple weeks that I've got a damn way to plug a generator into my house that well, can run lights and stuff. This has been a wake up call uh, for me. I'm sure that. 90% of the people affected by this right now are, are pounding their fists on the on the table saying, I'm getting a whole house generator after this. You know, and the thing is, I feel like this is going to pass. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to be like, well, no, I, I don't want to spend $6,000 yeah. well, to you get know. that put in. Um I you know, was, and the thing is, like, I, I've never thought that they were uh, entirely economical for me. Well, your setup here is great for the, it. And that's what's well, making me think, you know, I'll just keep what I've got and make it work, like with a plug like you have, which yeah. I think is very doable. Yeah. But um, so you, you can make these little gasoline generators do a lot. You honestly can. However,. Uh, the drawback to them is you're constantly having to film with fuel. So that's where the, that's where the whole home generator shines. So you're going to, you're going to tie that generator into either your natural gas source or your, uh, propane tank, or, you know, they make them that are diesel fuel and you have like a separate diesel fuel tank, like a giant diesel fuel tank. Um, so, so you don't have to touch them. They're, they're going to work, no matter what. Um, however, I still like. I don't know. I've lived here for what six years now, and this is the longest the power's been off. But I still don't. I don't know if the argument's strong enough to do that yeah to get a whole house well that's what's made me kind of change my mind like if if i'm if i'm cool to keep this one that dad's lent me or pay him for it or whatever um i might just buy that plug and because you know i wanted to to kind of say i'm never gonna let this happen again you know i'm a a young homeowner well i have had a home now for five or six years and that's that's kind of proof in the in the pudding right there it hasn't really happened like this for five or six yeah no six, exactly yeah since i've owned a home like i said i i've had these generators since i moved in here 
and I've only had to run them for like a sum total of like well, f- eight I, or twelve hours up till now. I feel like kind of like an asshole. I have a couple tenants living on four pole. You know, the houses I have on four pole, and both of them asked me. You know, they had some, the guy wanted to hardwire the generator up, and I said, "Man, I don't really know how all to do that." And it was the day uh, before the day it was on Wednesday. Mm. Okay. So you and knew it, it was coming. Yeah, but there wasn't time, you know. I w- and I said, um, I said, he goes, how long, you've lived out here your whole life. How long does he, you know, would the power go out normally? I said, normally they got that back in a day. You know That's what I mean? Tr- That's true. Like it's not, there, true. Th- there's been some times in over 30 years where, yeah, it's been two days or, or three maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know. So I texted that same guy today. I'm like, man, I'm I'm sorry. This is just a, this is a horrible storm, and it's sorry. I mean, no, th- this is an exception. Yeah, uh, to the rule. I don't know, buddy. Um, yeah, so I, you know, there's going to be talk of us getting a whole house generator. Oh, I'm sure. But you- yeah, Megan made the comment yesterday, or. Um, yeah, it was yesterday when I was at work. She said, we better start saving our money for a whole house generator. And I told her, I said, well, it's not a matter of money. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I, well, I'll pay for one to get installed if that's what we really want. But I've uh, I've lived in this house for this long, and I've seen the power outages come and go. They've been a very short duration, I can manage them. Said so I just never saw the the I I never felt that a whole home generator uh, was economical. You know, well, and the thing is, so what I <clears throat> and I know that we said we want to wrap this up, but no, I can keep going on this. Actually, I do want to keep going on this. The whole house generator. Um, in my opinion, the only benefit of it is peace of mind. I, to me, that's all you get out of it. You know, you, you don't even have to worry about the power outages because it'll be taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at a whole house generator, they're not free. You know, so... And what I mean by that is, uh, obviously, they cost money to purchase and to get installed and whatnot. But even once they're once you've purchased it, you know, you could pay that. You could pay that off, or you could pay cash for it. You could pay the electrician and the plumber. You know, the gas line plumber. You could pay them in cash, paid for. Uh, but. Uh, the whole home generators are not free to operate. They, I think they all have a weekly schedule or at the very least a monthly schedule, but I believe it's weekly that they, they run, they, they start themselves up and they run just basically as a test, you know, to make sure that their battery has power in it and that the engine works and whatever. So you get this installed and it's going to fire itself up every week. I think it's weekly. I, um, 
And so my question would be, so how much fuel does it consume every week? It's not negligible. You know, it's, it's, it's probably a measurable amount, you know, and say that you're, uh, you're running a thing on a propane tank out there. You don't, you know, if I think if you, if you have like your house, for example, where you have, uh, methane natural gas coming in from the pipeline, you're fine. I mean, obviously it's going to cost you some money for that thing to run its test every week or every month, whatever. But say if I have one out here where it's attached to a propane tank that has the propane tank has a fixed amount of gas in it, right? Mm-hmm. And say, so it's going to fire itself up every week, you know, to test itself. Well, what if when I really need it, the tank's fucking empty because it's drained all of it out to run the tests? Right. You know what I mean? So, so they're not free to run. You know, plus there, uh, plus there's a cost to install them, and you have to maintain them. You can't just easily replace them if they're broke. Yeah, so I would just say that the only advantage of them is peace of mind for most people. For most people well this is another thing i'd tell megan man um because this has kind of changed my mind after seeing your setup and what all you can do with two of those yeah see my house has half what you know or whatever so i have one of those so it should work to do the same amount of stuff yeah well you you are running two of those generators and you've got more shit operational in your home than dad does with a massive whole house generator yeah that dad's situation is awful (laughs) but you know what i'm saying like i'm not saying yours wouldn't be better than that but i'm just saying compare that right hell you're doing better than they are and you're running these and the only reason i have two generators is that i have two electric panels Mm -hmm. in the house like uh so we have this weird, uh, I don't know what you call I don't know if you call it a, a hybrid electric or I don't know. So we have the, the electricity coming in from the line, you know, from the, from the utility company. And I believe that the incoming voltage or, uh, no, 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 I want it not voltage. I believe the incoming amperage, so the incoming power from the electric company is 200 amps. I think that's all it is. However, uh, we have two panels in here, and each panel has 200 amps. Um, so I, I think the way this is put together is that it's just 200 amps that comes into the house, and they just branch it into two separate panels i don't think there's 400 amp service to the house i think that's what i'm getting at now that's neither here or there because it works you know it it works whether it's 400 amps coming in or it's 200 amps coming in it works there's it there's not an issue but there's two separate panels and and i showed you this evening that one panel has 
nothing but 110, 110-volt uh, appliances on it. Yeah. You know, so it's like electric outlets and light switches. That's it. The other panel has everything else. It has all the, all 220. the 220, 240 amp appliances. Uh, so that's why I got two generators to f- to fuel or to to electrify two different panels. You know, so I can have a very low, or not a very low, but a relatively low power generator to the one panel that just has 110 volt appliances. And then I have a relatively higher generator tied into the other panel that has all the 220 or 240 volt appliances. Does that make sense? So, and the, so and the thing is, can I run all, all of the 220 volt appliances at the same time? No, I cannot. I have to come down and selectively switch them. Um, but I don't think that's a big deal. You know, when I when I compare that to the cost and the maintenance of a whole house generator. Does that make sense? Yeah. So a whole house generator would electrify both of my panels with enough juice to run everything. You know, with no other considerations. However, that cost is going to be... I, I don't know. I'm I'm guessing to get all that installed here would be eight thousand bucks, something like that. Uh, but to me, so now, in my opinion, I already own these gas generators, so and they function. It's cost neutral there, right? They're already bought and paid for, and yeah, they work. Um. Can I run the whole house simultaneously? No. But I can pick and choose the circuits and I can make it work. And I just I just have to go and buy gasoline. I don't know. It, so for me, it works right now. It totally works. Especially when most of the time you're only talking about a day. Yeah. And, yeah, so is it worth it? To, like, or is this ever going to happen again? I mean, I who knows? Who fucking knows? And I don't know. Someone, maybe someone can quote to me that, uh, oh, my gosh, we're going to have some uh, Mad Max situation where the whole grid is gone one day. Well, if that's the case, I mean, the, the grid's gone right now, right? The grid is gone right now. Uh and I'm running it on gasoline. I don't know. I, yeah. Um, but I, so here's the deal. I do want to draw this to a conclusion because uh, I need to go pee. <laughs> That's awful. But I think we've talked about all the stuff that uh, at least I set out to talk about. We We've covered the the snow apocalypse or the ice apocalypse and the uh you know we cooked we cooked for everyone and we had you guys come over and shower and and you're gonna stay the night tonight and uh you know how i'm no 
I'm genuinely proud. I'm I'm happy that I could provide that to you guys. Um, I'm happy that we could record this podcast on uh, generator power. Dude, I think this is really cool, and I appreciate it. I want to just yeah. thank you from the bottom of my heart for for you know I speak on behalf of uh, Ying and Otto and Owen that we really appreciate it. Dude, uh, we would do this for you no matter what. Thanks, man. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Um, you know, if we have something that you need, we'll give it to you. Um, but no, uh, How about some of that vodka that you got over there? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you want some of the Smith Works vodka? This is Blake Shelton's vodka, by the way. Blake Shelton. Who is I married to? No, no, not married to. But is uh <clears throat> like boyfriend girlfriend with Gwen Stefani like hotness. But anyways, uh, so this this will wrap up this impromptu snowpocalypse episode. Of the Borderlands podcast, and uh, we're happy to have Sam over. We're always happy to have Sam over, but uh, today's circumstances where we had Sam over just so he could get cleaned up, he could eat with us, and uh, he's going to stay with us tonight because we're heated here. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, amen. Tomorrow, <laughs> amen and a women. <laughs> uh but tomorrow we're gonna send his ass back to his own house where it's freezing and they can't take a bath go back to the wolves yeah, buddy no, uh, no we'll take care of him as much as he needs <laughs> so yeah we're we'll, we'll we're gonna sign off here um yeah. thanks for listening and um we'll have another episode up soon i hope all right see you